Hello, everybody, and happy Mother's Day. Happy Welcome Mother's to Day. Asynchronous, a video game catch-up show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. And we love mom. Happy birthday, we do moms. We love mom. Uh, this is going to come out, I think, way after <laughs> Mother's Day, but it's Mother's Day when we're recording it. And yeah. weirdly topical. Weirdly topical for the episode today. today. Yeah. We will be spoiling 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. I don't even know how to say <laughs> what we're doing anymore. Um, um, we're playing Keitaro Mira up to 50% and Yuki Takamiya up to standby. 42%. So if you have not done that and you don't want to rain, you don't want to be spoiled, then get out of here. Listen. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's that's what we're doing today. If you haven't played the game, don't don't listen. Um, but before we get into it, as always, mm-hmm. a very special Mother's Day <laughs> bullshit. And only because it's falling on Mother's Day. I don't know if this is anything related to Mother's Day at all, but it it's is a very not. special Mother's Day. It's bullshit. not. Uh, arguably, um, last week's was the last week. No. no, two weeks ago. The Nana one? Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> Yeah, thinking. that was two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> this is not, this bullshit is not Mother's Day related, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Today we're going to be talking about what songs each of the 13 Sentinels protagonists would sing at karaoke and how good the performance Whoa. would be. Um, I want to first discuss my qualifications. I have been a longtime lover of karaoke and in fact for several years was in a competitive karaoke league um we're talking costumes props themes choreography um it was serious business and uh my team were champions i I think one time and then we got second place one yeah i just need a bit more info about how one wins at karaoke <laughs> like, um, did you just have really good performances and props and stuff? Is there like a panel of judges? So most of the season, uh, every there's a whole season. Uh, everyone <laughs> is just based on like votes, sure. audience votes. Uh, but then in the semifinals and finals, um, the, it's a combination of votes and uh, judges. So, wow, yeah, it was like eight to ten weeks long. Yeah, very serious. And yeah, it's just it's just sort of depends um, on what people enjoy. Um, Yeah. So your your credentials are are known. Yes, indeed. Okay. Um, Okay. So and just the with the qualification that um, I'm taking this from a very like mainstream American music perspective, Mm -hmm. just because that's what I know. um, I'm sure that karaoke culture varies in different places. Um, But I think if you walk into like any karaoke bar in the United States, there are some songs that you're going to hear a lot. Uh, And so that's sort of what I'm drawing from. Okay. So I'm going to start us off with an easy one with Tomi. Tomi, I think, does something really upbeat and fun. Something I I sort of thought of was Robin's Dancing on My Own. But it could be any, yeah. like, pop, fun, upbeat song. Um, and she would bring down the house, I think. Yeah. Everybody's having a great time. It's a great song. She has great voice. It's just, it's a fun time all around. Yeah. I think Tomi invites her followers to come watch her perform. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as she is done, the bar is <laughs> vacated. There's yeah. no one left. Everybody leaves as soon as she's done. Um, 
unless you know unless they can coax her into doing an encore which i don't think would be very hard probably not no you just have to get it uh approved i guess by the, <laughs> the karaoke meister mm-hmm. <laughs> uh kjs is what they're called karaoke djs really mm-hmm. or at least KJ. i the the guy who did uh the league when i was in it he called yeah. himself kj i like that mm-hmm. next up i've got Keitaro miura i think he takes some goading to get up there because this is not his jam but mm-hmm. When he does, he he goes with, you know, I thought he's from the 40s. He goes with some kind of like soulful crooner type thing, like a Bing Crosby or a Nat King Cole. And it's one of those things where you're like, oh, my God, yeah, this guy can sing. Yeah, it's kind of like and this might be an experience that you all are about to have, because I don't know how many people know this, but this it's something that I experienced a few months ago when I discovered that um, Chris Pine, uh, the star of Princess Diaries 2, Royal Engagement and some other <laughs> movies, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he, he is like a dead ringer for like a Frank Sinatra. Like he did. Really? Um, yeah, he did a duet with uh, Barbara Streisand and like. It's like, oh, my God. Like, you know, like some actors can sing like yeah. Chris Pine can really sing. So that's wow. that's the vibe, I think, with Mira. It's like, oh, damn, like this. Maybe you're in the wrong career. Yeah, <laughs> spot on. I, I uh, you know, this is an audio medium, so you couldn't see. But as soon as you started talking about, um, you know, it's from the 40s singing crooner stuff. My my head was. Yeah, AJ was nodding. Vigorously along. nodding because that is absolutely spot on. He gets he, he takes some goading. And then kills it and then just goes and sits back down. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, you did amazing. I can't believe you. And he's just like, ah, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's he's fine. like uncomfortable with the praise. Right. Yeah. He's like, I just know some songs. It's like mm-hmm. Someday when I'm awfully low, when the world is cold, I will feel a glow just thinking of you and the way you Great job, Mira. Mm-hmm. Juro is going to play it extremely safe with something like Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> I like it's wow. fine because people sing along, but he's like kind of dying up there, actually, because I don't think he wants to be doing this at all. No, I, I think you're right, though. He, he picks a song that the crowd will sing half of. Mm-hmm. But it's not like particularly upbeat, I don't think. Mm. Like he, yeah. he knows he doesn't have like the energy to like sustain like a you know a banger he's just like i'm just gonna pick something yeah yeah today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you by now you should have somehow realized what you gotta do i don't believe that anybody feels the way i do about you now uh i was gonna say or but do you have uh kutashiba on this list at all? I do not have Kitashiba on okay. this list, but I'd love to hear what you think Kitashiba is going to so, say. So really quick, I was going to say Jiro needs a song that either half the audience sings or is a goof. But I think... He's I think not goofy enough, yeah. He's not goofy, goofy enough, right, which, which brought me to, to Shiba uh, choosing uh, tequila. Oh, just yeah. <laughs> standing yeah. up on the stage. Great shit. For two full minutes and going, tequila. <laughs> yeah. I um, That yeah. feels very, um, very Shiba too, because it's like, it's like minimal effort, which feels right for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Love that. Tequila. For Goto, I don't know why, but the only song I can possibly imagine him singing is My Way by Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Um, except it's somehow even more boring than it usually is. And it's like not particularly good. Because I don't think that guy can sing. 
He totally can't. And he is so boring. Mm hmm. I, yeah, I can't. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to think of like a more boring song. It's hard. Or a song that he can s- just suck the life out of. I mean, I think he'd suck the life out of anything. But like he's <laughs> I feel like he's the kind who would be like, no, I need like a perfect karaoke song. And my way is like a very common karaoke song. Yeah. For some reason. I don't know why. It's very boring uh, as we are. Yeah. Saying. Yeah, and he stands up there and try and just like holds the microphone. Mm-hmm. He's like very, you know, mm-hmm. proper posture and stuff. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to um, Megumi, who very specifically, I have her singing Silver Springs by Fleetwood Mac. And it's so, so vocal quality, but she really put her heart into it. So for a while, everyone's kind of like on board. But then you get to the second refrain of Time Cast a Spell on You, But You Won't Forget Me. And she's staring <laughs> daggers at Juro and everyone in the room is uncomfortable <gasps> and just waiting for it to end. And it's it's a shame because this is a great fucking song. Um, oh. But this performance is um, everyone is like, ooh, cringing a little bit. <laughs> I, I I love that. I love that a lot. I wasn't even thinking about the the context of stuff, but I think Megumi also starts off a little bit more reserved and as the song goes mm-hmm. on gets more and more confident, but like you said, so so vocal quality. Yeah. Um, but by the end of that song, by the second refrain, she is just like it's all you know, she is like it's all out there. Um mm-hmm. she's absolutely feeling it. Too too much. Too much, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, <laughs> putting too much emotion into a karaoke song. Mm-hmm. Next up, I have Shu Amiguchi. I can see Shu rocking something like I Want It That Way by Backstreet Boys, something that he thinks is going to A, appeal to the crowd and B, give him the opportunity to be like, you know, like cute boy, sexy kind of. Right, um, right. It, it sounds like shit. I don't think Shu can sing, but he's like trying to dance and like make eye, eyes at the girls. And he really thinks he's doing something and he's not. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think I think. A, a boy band song is mm-hmm. is exactly what he needs because he needs the backup vocals from the karaoke right. track. Right. To or like carry some, him. another thing I thought it was like some Justin Timberlake. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah. I think he would do he would do like sexy back or something mm-hmm. because there's not a lot of like actual melody to sexy back. You know, it's it's there, but you could speak yeah. sexy back and everyone would be like, oh, yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a it's a flirting engine, right? There's no mm-hmm. exactly. actual, actual performance exactly. in, in it. Next up, we have Ryoko Shinonome. We, as we will discuss later on, um, this girl is down bad, and so I think that <laughs> she's going to do something like Miley Cyrus's "Wrecking Ball" or like some Adele, <laughs> something that's really going to like capture those feelings and allow her to. She's just she's simply screaming into the microphone. Um, so it's not like a pleasant auditory experience, and you, you have to hand it to her, you know, for like the emotional aspect. But I do think it's another sort of Megami situation where it's like, mm, girl, write something in your journal or something. This is not the time. right. Yeah, not the time or place. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. I came in like a rain. 
next up, we have Natsuno. I think she's going to do something sort of fun, classic 80s pop, like like a take on me or, you know, something just something fun like that. Um, and I think it's going to sound like shit, but it's going to be a lot of fun to to watch and everybody's going to be singing along and having a good time. Yeah, she needs something that has like something that she can hype the crowd up on to like mm-hmm. clap. And I think that, yeah. you know, is like a great time to be like, come on, let's mm-hmm. go. Like, like a come on, Eileen, like something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone's like going like, to get hyped. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. up Hijiyama um I think he does a classic banger like Mr. Brightside and while it's kind of overdone he really crushes it just with the uh like raw energy oh you're thinking you don't like this one I am thinking no keep going I'm just I'm just that that's that's pretty much it I think it's just like something that will allow him to like scream sing into the microphone and it's like it's not particularly good but um it's it's an excellent song choice and the like energy is there um, cause I think he just has a lot, I don't know. I think, I think like a, I could just see him scream singing something to great effect. Definitely, definitely a lot of pent up feelings in that lad for sure. For sure. For sure. But not like directed at anyone no. such that it would make everybody uncomfortable, um, <laughs> yeah. the way that Ryoko or Megami might. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just thinking like, cause I think, I think you're, you're totally right. Not giving him also something from the forties. Yeah, like I don't um, think he would. Maybe it should be something eighties, like a maybe. Uh, but I'm, I'm thinking, like, is he singing? Like, maybe he goes up and does like a punk song or something. That is also a, a direction that I I thought about going with him because yeah. that d- feels d- right. Yeah, it, but it's definitely something where he can like like get his emotions out, but in like mm-hmm. a, a good and not awkward way. Right. Um. For some reason, I keep thinking of um. I don't know what the song is actually called, but it's the it's the. The chorus is just, I got soul, but I'm not a soldier over and over again. Oh, that's um, all these things that I've done also by the killers. He would do that so well. Oh, my God. Yeah, right. I, that's just like what's been going through my head. And I don't know. Yeah, just like something, <sighs> something like that. Yeah. And as the chorus goes on, he like starts like the regular, like, I'm got soul, mm-hmm. but, uh, but as it goes on, he gets like more yeah. and more yelly. He's like, he's and, like on his knees singing by the end of that thing. Yeah. He like completely tunes out the crowd and it's just mm-hmm. ye- like yelling his feelings <laughs> into this microphone. And it's, it, it's really working is yeah. the thing. It works really, it works a lot. Anyway, sorry, we spent a lot of time on that one. Well, uh, listen, I think we, we arrived at the right answer. um these things take time yuki i think she rocks some like janis joplin or like um cherry bomb something like that and i think it is legitimately good like Mm -hmm. i uh, to be honest when i was thinking about this one i just heard in my head her voice actor singing a piece of my heart and i was like that's gonna be good that's Mm. gonna be really fucking good yeah i think yuki is is maybe secretly the best singer among um, this entire group. Yeah. Now here's a question. Do we think that Yuki pulls Natsuno up on a stage for like an impromptu duo duet? <laughs> like oh, it forces, forces her to sing the second part of uh, some, some like back and forth song, you know? <sighs> yes, but I, yeah. I'm trying to think of what kind of duet Yuki would be willing to do. Mm-hmm. 
maybe it's just that she forces it. Maybe it's just the two of them do I love rock and roll together. I could see that. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be really yeah, cute. Yeah, yeah. That would be really, really sweet. Yori, I think, does something sweet but boring, like some early Taylor Swift, like love yeah. story or something like that. And it's fine. Yeah. Um, Taylor Swift like is like, yeah, yeah. Just like, you know, she's just like holding on to the mic. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. I, I, I'm like, once again doing something <laughs> are, in the real yeah. world, not describing it. <laughs> um, you know, maybe if you like, like step touches, a little bit of swaying. Um, but mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. And it's fine because like Taylor Swift is easy to sing. Um, yeah. But like. You know, it's like, oh, okay, cool, nice. Yeah. This one was the hardest one to think of. Um, A. Sekigahara. I don't know what music is going to sound like in the future, so, like, in terms of trying to ascertain A's musical taste, I simply cannot. So therefore, I just decided that he does Africa by Toto and it's pretty good. That's the it's the class. It's the go to. Yeah, I was waiting for for Africa to come up. If I'm being honest yeah. with you, I was like, <laughs> who is going to sing Africa? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you there. I do want to just quickly hop back to Goto mm-hmm. and say, if there is a keyboard around, uh-huh. instead of doing karaoke, he will slide the keyboard center stage and play like a beautiful rendition of like Claire de Lune or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> just get up and go sit down. Um, and it's it's like good, but he's not performing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He's not like there's no soul in it. It's played very right. well. It sounds great, but it is right. just like somebody playing Claire de Lune. Technically, like flawless, yes. but completely lacking in expression of any kind. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Here's a thought Do you think that Goto, having probably never done karaoke before, because I don't think this man has ever had fun in his life, sure, sure. goes online? researches the best karaoke songs Mm. finds what is largely by many considered to be one of the best karaoke songs and is like i'm gonna do this gets on stage and does the most boring rendition of bohemian rhapsody that anyone has ever performed i just got viscerally uncomfortable (laughs) at the idea of that because you're right. I, I, mm-hmm. I think I think you're right. I think that's um, how it goes. I think that is how it goes. But part of me feels like he wouldn't even bother putting the research in because he doesn't care. You know, I don't know if he would be like, I have to perform well so that people, you know, I don't think he mm-hmm. really cares what people think about him or like whatever. But but I do like this version true, of, but of I, Goto that's like, I got to do I, well. You know? Yeah, I feel like I, I'm envisioning and again, we don't know him that well. Um, <laughs> so maybe we'll find out. But I'm envisioning him just being like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it perfectly, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and picking out just what he thinks is like, everyone seems to love this song. So if I do this, it will be a hit. Oh, my God. Not realizing that (laughs) for Bohemian Rhapsody, you have to um, put a little oomph into it. Yeah. Yeah. God. By the way, my hot take is that I don't think Bohemian Rhapsody is a very good song for karaoke. But I don't think it's a good karaoke song. No, not at all. It's it's too long. There's it's too many so parts. So long. Oh my if god. If you do it in like a group maybe, but like that takes a lot of coordination. Yeah. The 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 reason to do Bohemian Rhapsody at karaoke is because you know everybody's going to sing along with you. Mm-hmm. But it's not I don't know. It's so overdone. Yeah. I'm tired of it. Anyway, yeah. um Wait, finally, sorry. Mhm. Oh, sorry. Hijiyama sings something by Linkin Park. There we go. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. There it is. He sings there it is. numb. Do you think that he sings numb encore and does all of the raps and also all of the singing? Because I think he does. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 100%. No doubt. God, I want to go to karaoke with Hijiyama so badly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, I, I cut have... you off like four times now, yeah. No, no, listen, you are adding a lot of important uh, <laughs> points. Okay, so finally we have, uh, we have Ogata. He tries to look hardcore in front of his classmates by doing something like Killing in the Name by Rage or Bodies oh, by Drowning Pool. Just something that um, has like crunchy guitars and that he can like scream and seem like he's like, you know, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not going to do one of your like popular songs, even though those are pretty popular songs. Um, yeah. But I think that sometimes... Sometimes when he needs some Nenji time, he just goes and rents a private room um, and sings like a little bit of like Celine Dion. Wow. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he he does love to sing, but he will not sing in front of other people. Right. He has like a reputation to uphold. um, But in his heart of hearts, he just wants to sing some ballads. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. What is that Celine Dion song? It's all coming back to me now. Yeah, I could see him really belting that one. <laughs> so that's karaoke with with the 13 Sentinels. Um, yeah. I think it would be a fun time. Really good. Really good. As always. Thank you so much for that, Kim. You're very welcome. I'm uh, glad to add these important um, conversations to the discourse about this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would. If you if you think our choices were, were off in some way, please let us know what you think these, these oh, kids I've, are singing. I so want to hear people's opinions about this. I want to know very badly what you think. But in the meantime, let's get into it. The episode with, I guess, starting Keitaro Miura at 37% Mm -hmm. and playing the next 5%. Okay, Um, so I told you this uh, off the podcast, Mm -hmm. but I just want to say... um, on the podcast that I have changed the way that I am playing the game and like taking notes and stuff where I am. Uh, luckily I have a capture card that I use because I stream every once in a while. 
or use it for streaming every once in a while. Um, and so I have been recording my play sessions and then going back and watching them at like two times speed or whatever. And then like going back if I need to, uh, which I feel like has really, really upped my <laughs> notes um, or they just at least feel a bit more focused. Cause when I'm taking, when I was taking notes in the moment, you know, I don't know what's important. I don't know what's not important. Right. So I'm just like writing down every line of dialogue. It's like, you know, not all necessarily of value, but I, I, I'm just, I just wanted to let everybody know that I feel nice about my notes today. <laughs> um, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Uh, mainly because I did take note of the weather <laughs> in this, in this ah. mirror chapter. May 1985, clear skies, monitoring the Sentinel at the, yes. uh, I can't remember how Coyote? to say it. Coyote River. Thank you. It starts off with the sunset line which is just really good every single time. Mm -hmm. And uh, you look off in, or he looks off into the distance at the, you know, tarp building thing that's covering the Sentinel says that it's probably repaired by now, but that he can't check on it because security has been really uh, intense as of late. Mm -hmm. um, and then thinks about the old factory at Ayame pass and says, maybe I'll go visit that factory, see what's up. Mm -hmm. And he goes there and it is now just a park. It's just a cute little mm -hmm. park. Yeah, with a little playground. Yeah, uh, where he runs into a little girl who looks a lot like his sister, Chihiro. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he's like, oh my gosh, is that you? Uh, Goto shows up and says, this is my little sister. What do you want? <laughs> uh, it's like, oh, sorry, he just she just looks like a relative. He's like, okay, fuck off. And then they leave. Yeah, um, the vibes just keep getting worse with Goto. The vibes keep getting worse. And... Uh, I'm just I have so many questions now about <laughs> about Goto's home life. Whose um, little sister is this? Yeah. And yeah. yeah, when we talk about the mystery files, I have I have something to say. Ooh, okay. um, yeah. Yeah. My note here is just why are there so many Chihiro's? Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's three at least so maybe I, four. I don't know. Maybe four. I Mira does seem to um, take what Goto says at face value and thinks, yeah. okay, well, if my sister's alive, she'd be about 40. Um, if not, I don't know where she would be buried because we didn't have a family burial plot, but he yeah. vows that he's going to make his way back to her. Yeah, that's really Thank sweet. Uh, and then he thinks about uh, Natsuno heads back to Sakura High School. Uh, and I really love uh, the, like, text here it's mm -hmm. it's sunset visiting my alma mater it's yeah. not like it's not it's not just like sakura high school sunset it's sunset visiting my alma mater which i think is right really nice. and then uh he heads to the old school uh which is just the you know, the you know ratty old building um and he, he 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 just talks about the school here but one thing mm -hmm. that i thought was interesting which might not be anything but he looks out and says that's where the potato fields were looks like the plot got bigger which I don't know. It just like feels interesting to note that like yeah. the, the school takes up more land than it used to, I guess. I don't really think it means anything, but it, it just made me go. Hmm. Yeah, I remember that moment um, and I wasn't sure what to make of it. Hmm. I think I might just be in in Malazan mode from reading there's i do another podcast 10 very big books we talk about malzan book of the fallen they're extremely dense books um but little details like that are all always very important i i think that this game is like that also yeah, so i have right? a feeling there is some significance <sighs> to the potato plot yeah that's what i i i, I don't know it has to be so it just feels like too mm -hmm. we too specific yeah and weird to be like nothing i don't know yeah if they just wanted to have him like reminisce about school you've been like ah yes school i had some times here yeah to comment that it looks like the plot got bigger mm -hmm. i think is is interesting but yeah either way 
we head inside the school. It is the, you know, all wooden school that we saw in the flashbacks. It is all dingy. Um, it is musty, crusty and dusty. These musty, days. crusty and dusty. Uh, he walks down the hallway, sees a flash of Hijiyama from the 40s. Uh, and it's like, this is no time for reminiscing. And then we leave the, the old school. Yeah. It's like, OK, <laughs> um, yeah, there's a couple moments like that in, in, in the chapters we did today where it's just like, why? Is yeah, why this is this here? <laughs> Um, but we, we head to the, or he heads to the front gate, runs into Megumi and says like, thank you so much for, uh, making me, you know, lunch or whatever. It was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bento with meatballs, quite luxurious, which when I heard it the first time I was like, oh, that's funny. But then I realized he's from the forties. So they yeah. probably didn't have access to like quality meats or whatever mm-hmm. at whenever yes. they wanted. Um, and she's like, it's just meatballs, but you're welcome. Yeah. hundred percent. That's why. Did you also notice the cat is in, uh, I did the front gate. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, multiple? I thought it was just. Yeah. When he first walks up, the cat is like on like the ledge yeah. sleeping or whatever. Um, And then it's there again when he walks out. And then as Megami walks away at the end of the scene, um, so too does the cat. I only saw it once. I saw it at the very beginning of the scene. But I didn't even realize that it kept it kept coming. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Um, Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So then we reach. The pivotal moment of this game where you are able to consider Hamburger. We've made it. We have ascended. (laughs) We have ascended. Um, I think this moment is so good in context. As a meme, I Mm -hmm. think it's hilarious to consider Hamburger because it's Hamburger (laughs) spelled wrong. But in context of Miura being from the 40s and like, Mm -hmm. you know, he comments that when he, when he comes to the 80s, he's like, it sounds like Japanese and I can make out most of the words they're right. saying, but like the dialect is different or whatever. And so the fact that he you know doesn't know what a hamburger is mm-hmm. and then the way that he like hears it is hamburger, yeah. <laughs> I think is really, really great. Um, it's really good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so good. And he, uh, if, you, if you consider the hamburger, he says, uh, I've never had anything so delicious. <laughs> it's really cute. Yeah, she's like, yeah, I'll make that tonight. And he's like, a giant ball of meat? <laughs> it's so funny. So Megumi told, told you that uh, Nachan is in the athletic building. So you head back to the athletic building. This threw me off for a second because he finds her, like, off screen. You know, like, you arrive and he says, like, oh, I'm glad I found her, implying that they had already talked. And she was like, oh, I'm going to go get changed. Give me one second. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just weird. I don't know. The coach and the manager start grilling, mm-hmm. <laughs> grilling Miura. <laughs> uh, and then Natsuna shows up. It's like, are you serious? <laughs> let's let's go. <laughs> they walk away. Miura says, whenever you exercise, you all change into outfits that show your legs. That's fascinating. <laughs> it's um, so funny. Yeah, good stuff. And then he asks about like, you know, obviously they met in 1945. So he's like, how did you get here? Can you tell me how I got here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then she's like, yeah, we have to talk about somewhere else. So you head to the old school building. I guess that's why you went there earlier, just so that you knew it was like a private place. So you had the. Oh, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. So you head to the old school building and and Natsuno uh, comments that like, oh, I always just thought this place would be locked up. I didn't realize that we would be uh, allowed in here, which I don't know. It seems like it should be locked up. right? Yeah. So then Natsuno asks Mira if he can keep a secret. 
And he's like, uh, yeah, of course. And he gets like all flustered mm-hmm. about it because he has a crush on yeah. her. Um, and then she takes out BJ and says like, this is BJ. And then <laughs> B-E-E-J-A-Y yes. pops up <laughs> in the thought cloud, uh, which is really good. Very I good. really love that. And the, and, and the Hamburger moment, I, I really love because it's just like and they do it with with everybody's stories. Everybody's story is told in a slightly different way. Yeah. Um, you know, it's mostly the same, but there are like these minor differences and the stuff like this where like. Miera doesn't fully understand mm-hmm. everything that he's like being told. Right. Um, so it pops up how he is interpreting it, uh, which I just really love. And Natsuno talks about uh, how he's an alien and uh, brings up the Sentinels. And he's like, what? And you can think about the Sentinels mm-hmm. in the Thought Cloud. Um, and he comments that he thought they were Japanese made, but he doesn't it doesn't matter where they were made because he still has to he's going to use them to avenge his his country uh, and then asks about bj and says shikishima was talking about something like this isn't this a scout unit and then she like she's like no he's not a robot they mm-hmm. he's it's just he's an alien in a space suit okay and then like gets really close to me and is like look don't fuck this up for me okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's like i think i think it's just a brain in there <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i love this oh, moment man. Because I think I had not fully appreciated until this moment how much of Natsuno's interpretation of her story is not based in fact. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, yeah. so much of of her story is her filling in the blanks based on assumptions she's making because of media that she's consumed, specifically E.T. Right, right. Which I'm excited to talk about this um, in uh, the analysis episode about ET. Yeah, sure. Tuesday's analysis episode yeah. about ET. So I like I thought that was interesting. I sort of at first in her story took for granted that like you know BJ being an alien or whatever was like something that that he had like communicated to her in sort of the space between mm. scenes. And what is becoming clear is no, these are all just things that she has decided without really unpacking and is to the point that like she is ignoring (laughs) pretty obvious signs that she's wrong, which Mm -hmm. I I just think is very fascinating. I don't quite know how it plays into the story yet, but I do think that it's in terms of this game's uh, relationship to E.T. as a work, I think it's very going to be very interesting to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And just just to fuck us up a little bit Mm -hmm. the et episode just came out this last tuesday um like (laughs) for this episode it will be the one that just came out on tuesday fuck you're right (laughs) so i I, I, we're recording it today but god (laughs) yeah yeah uh (laughs) for some reason the chronology of uh, when we release the analysis episodes and when we release the regular episodes is very hard for i think me specifically to keep straight it's it's hard for both of us yeah you seem to have uh mastered it a little bit better than i have (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe um but yeah, so regardless, I think all those ET thoughts still hold true. Mm-hmm. And you've heard them already. If you've, you've listened them. to last Tuesday's analysis episode. You already know. Um, you've heard them before I have. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, no, I love that part of, of about Natsuno. Because like as soon as she meets BJ in her in her story, mm-hmm. she immediately starts making up this story about like, you know, being the chosen human right. who has to save this thing and get it back to its colony or whatever. That's pretty, I love, pretty clearly not what BJ is. It's super not. It's yeah. super not. She is so 
she is in such a state of delusion uh in respects to uh bj's uh motivations and anything actual Mm -hmm. about bj but anyway yeah i will say too she was very adamant that like bj is not a weapon like uh, that i thought was really interesting shades of iron giant um Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. a great great movie i'm obsessed with that movie should we watch that movie I don't I mean, I would love to watch. Iron I don't Giant. think I don't that know it has <laughs> anything to do really I with things so. because because that the Iron Giant is actually an alien. Yeah, that's um. true. That's true. <laughs> but and he is. But actually, anyway. Yeah. OK. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Mira asks BJ why it's looking for Sentinel uh, and BJ says to recover the truth. OK. Uh, and a- ask him, uh, you wish to know where you came from. Yes. Yeah. And he says, I have, a, I have a log of where you're really from uh, and then begins to project the mirror that we saw in 2088 on the satellite. Um, this part fucked me ta- up. <laughs> yeah. Talking to someone. And then uh, who shows up? But Yuki Takamiya as an adult. Professor Takamiya. The professor here. Yuki Takamiya. Yes. Wild. Uh, mm-hmm. So so Mira hooked talking me up with a seat on a shuttle i guess to come to the satellite i assume a, a um, shuttle out of somewhere that is uh going to be lost soon yeah uh sounds like bleh. like a war zone <sighs> yeah definitely talks and then and the mirror's like oh man the front line has already advanced that fast and she says yes and they are picking up speed and then Mira says that Natsuno has arrived at Sector 4 just about five hours ago, and uh, which is where Mira is as well. And Yuki says, you know, I never approved of your relationship. And then <laughs> Mira's feed cuts to Natsuno being like, Mom, don't, don't embarrass me or whatever. Mom? <laughs> what? This is, I have to, I am so sorry that we said we wanted them to be gay with each other. I'm so well, sorry that we said that. Yeah. Well, with context, obviously we don't want them to date. No. Obviously, clearly. But I think, I think it speaks to their restructuring bonds. that, yeah. like that crush that we thought, it, you know, what we thought was mm-hmm. a crush to being like actual genuine, like love and affection of like a mother. Yeah. I think is so sweet. And like, her being like, oh, can I still come to your track practice today? Like, she just wants yeah. to watch her daughter, like, do track. Yeah, that makes Which it's so just, like, sense. it warms my heart. It warms my fucking heart. Uh, so, so, but yes, I, I do agree. In retrospect, no, we don't want them to date because they are mother-daughter. Yeah, Clearly, that is uh, not a nope. thing we want, <laughs> just, nope. I guess, to say. So, uh, then they... Uh, Yuki and Natsuno go back a little bit, uh, back and forth a little bit, and Yuki says, I'm sorry about all the trouble with your father. who's her father yeah yeah it's basically um i inserted here a bit from her mystery files that you can read after this um it says that she uses her maiden name because she's divorced from natsuno's father not revealed who that is but like we've seen amiguchi show interest in her and her be very uninterested in him like is it amiguchi that's true which also raises other questions about i'll put a pin in it i'll I'll bring it up again (laughs) later i guess (laughs) Uh, okay all right so yuki says that she'll be at sector three in in a few hours uh and then signs off and then it's just mira looking into the camera Mm -hmm. uh saying the destruction is spreading it's only a matter of time before the surface is lost Mm. uh okay okay geez um and then it's like oh my gosh i can't believe that's me. And Natsuno's like, oh my gosh, Yuki's my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, BJ says, that was just a segment of your log. 
And Mira asks, when is that from? And BJ says, the log is from 2188. And they're like, that doesn't make any sense. And that's that's it. And then, <sighs> uh, at least for me, this is yeah. where I unlocked Yuki Takamiya. Yeah, so that's that, that's that's where uh, Kim unlocked Yuki. I had unlocked Yuki mm-hmm. previously. When we diverged. Uh, in, in, yeah, when we just diverged in Natsuno's chapter, I had run into the the what we know now as the SIU agent, which we will get into in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and I basically I, I I didn't fully lie. It was a lie of omission because <laughs> when when Natsuno's hiding at the end of that section, she's hiding from the, the the men in black, and then Yuki just like shows up and says like, oh maybe now four eyes will let me like you know, will will let me do what I want or something. And then they all just walk away. Like they don't do anything. She hasn't done anything. She just shows up. It's like, I'm here to help. So you learn there that she is working with SIU. uh, And then she unlocks. But I think this, this way to unlock Uh her is so wild, much, much better in terms of like how you go forward playing Mm -hmm. Yuki's story. Yeah. It really colors the, the scenes that fall right yeah. because there's a world like me you know the way that i did it i would have played through the yuki chapters mm-hmm. that we're about to talk about and not know yeah. <laughs> her relationship to natsuna yeah. which which i think is is good because the way i actually did it i did the prologue in chapter one of yuki then came back to kate uh, tamira did this and then went back and did this the second mm-hmm. ending for for uh yuki which we'll talk about and i think that i mean i think that was interesting to like recontextualize kind of all the stuff that happened right um but I think going in with the context of of Yuki being Natsuno's mother is, really is much more interesting going than than going in knowing she works with SIU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Because you immediately like, learn that. Anyway. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That happens like, you know, minute three or whatever. But uh, yeah. So uh, all that being said, I think we're ready to move on. Yeah. To the story of Yuki Takamiya. Back at Sakura High, but it's called New School. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we start uh, with Yuki's, I guess, first day at her new school. She's outside the athletics building. I also just want to say the way Yuki walks is so funny. She's I love it. super aggressive. She's like leaning forward. Her fists are clenched. Um, and I love that they like give so much thought to like each character's mannerisms and have this like mm-hmm. small bit of flavor. I think it's so great. And the way she runs too is just like very with purpose. She is just like, oh my God, it's so good. Yeah, she books it. Yeah. I, I don't think I wrote it down, so I'm going to say it now before I forget. But in <laughs> in a subsequent uh, part of her story, she starts to, um, she has a little companion who follows her around. And uh, yeah. if you run away from that companion, she, at certain points, she'll catch up to you and be like, you can't run away like that. I can't I, like you got to let me catch up. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, yeah. Yuki is fucking booking it anyway. So uh, outside the athletics building, uh, she sees Natsuno walk by. They sort of catch up. Yuki's like, oh, my God, Natsuno, you got so tall. And Natsuno's like, oh, I love your hair all grown out and whatever. <laughs> um, and we find out that they used to write to each other. But at some point, Yuki stopped writing back because, quote, a lot of things happened after the move we don't know what that means but i do think it's interesting it's sort of like representative of the fact that in 2188 it seems like they were out of touch Mm -hmm. after the divorce for a little bit so i thought that was interesting yeah because yuki yuki comments like you know i I assumed you didn't want anything to do with me anymore Mm -hmm. it's like no i always want to talk to you of course yeah Uh, really sweet so yuki sort of has somewhere to be but just wanted to say hi so i think at this point 
Natsuno leaves. And here comes Amiguchi, uh, who's so excited that Yuki is here and calls her Yuki-chan. And she's like, don't fucking call me that. Um, and he's like, oh, but Natsuno just called. And she's like, that's different. <laughs> yeah. She um, says, that's different. And also and, and also says, um, or sorry, bef- before Shu shows up, I think you can you can consider Natsuno. And Yuki says, she's the only person I really care about. Yeah. Uh, which I think is also really, really, really sweet. sweet. But Yeah, so... Um, She's trying to flirt with her. She's not having it. Says he's the guy she was destined to meet. And she was like, you're more like a random guy that I bumped into. Stop being weird. Um, <laughs> so then Ogata stalks in. <laughs> and <laughs> that's how he walks. <laughs> yeah. he he d- Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, 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 it's Yuki from Suzu High. What are you doing here? Um, and she's like, I just transferred here. At this point, I opened the thought cloud. Uh, if you think about Shu, she calls him some flirty rich kid who won't stop following me around, who seems to be closely <laughs> friends with a gang leader at Sakura, which seems to be Nenji. For Nenji, she thinks uh, he has a reputation as a tough guy since middle school. Every delinquent around here knows who he is. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Like, I'm sure all of that is true, but I just don't yeah, buy it. That. It's all reputation. Yeah. It's not. Uh, yeah. yeah. This is so interesting. So she, Ogata's like, you're wearing the wrong school uniform. <laughs> and she like gets very nervous and is like, uh, it's just because that damn four eyes made a mistake. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, we will find out shortly. Yeah. And um, then she like, recollects herself and she says obviously i don't want to you know go around wearing those girly short skirts anyway i have to say i do think yuki's outfit is cooler than everybody else it's outfit. really good yeah sick yeah and yeah agata just comments on how it's weird for her to be transferring at this time of year whatever time of year that may be and it's like why are you even you know why did you transfer here of all places and uh yuki reminisces and we mm-hmm. find out why? Uh, a few days ago at the Aoi Ward Government Building SIU office, mm-hmm. it's a mouthful, this detective sort of walks Yuki into a room with a mysterious man with glasses who has a file on her. He's like, okay, you're, you know, 16 years old. You just got in trouble with the law because you entered a boy's school and engaged multiple delinquents. She sent 12 of them to the hospital. 12? I support oh women's God. rights, but I also support women's wrongs. And I am nice. so proud of her. <laughs> and then, sorry, he tells you that and it adds hospitalizations yeah. to your thought yeah. cloud, which is so funny. Mm-hmm. She's like, did anybody die? Did anyone die? He's like, no, but there were several broken bones. <laughs> She's like, oh, that's so a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, really good. She she says something about how she went to that school to, quote, settle a score. So I'm interested to find out more about that. I think she does um, explain a little bit more. Uh, she said uh, they laid their filthy hands on her friend. So she yeah. gave them what they had coming. Feminist yeah. icon. <laughs> and so basically this she's like, why do you want like, why am I here? I don't work with cops incredible (laughs) and he's like now i know that your father heita takamiya is currently serving a sentence for the murder of uh, yakuza essentially um there have been attempts on his life by other inmates um and it would be easy to transfer him to a safer facility if you uh do a little something for me um (laughs) this whole time she is just dripping with loathing for this man and i love it um and so he explains Explains Shikishima, which publicly develops like all kinds of products, um, you know, electronics, appliances, shit like that. Yeah, Shikishima is basically Samsung. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but not so publicly, they develop nuclear weapons and this group that this man is with suspects they're colluding with another nation to do so. And that there are miners who are connected to these weapons. Um, all of them are of high school age and are being rounded up at a school affiliated with Shikashima. She's like, why? Oh, I missed that bit. Mm -hmm. So she's like, why don't you just bust them yourselves? And he's like, well, we don't want it to go public and we don't want to involve the cops. So then she realizes, oh, so you're not cops. Who the fuck are you? And he explains, we are the special investigations unit, SIU. Some might call us spies. The implication <laughs> being like, oh, this is sort of like a, you know, this is the difference between like the FBI and like your local police. I right. don't necessarily buy that they are in fact a government government agency but no, whatever not at all this not i thought all. before he said that i was like oh this is like corporate espionage or something mm. well when i because i had already known that siu existed mm, right uh, because yuki said you know in in natsuna's story yuki says the phrase siu mm -hmm. so my first thought was like shikishima industries Ooh. unit or something you know yeah shikishima investigative unit something, something like that I don't yeah know. so i i i also agree i do not think they're a real yeah. government body so basically he's like i you know we have this list of students and we want someone to investigate them so they're basically this is like a 21 jump street situation <laughs> oh um, my god which yeah. is i i almost jokingly was like aj should we watch 21 jump street <laughs> um but that would have nothing to to do with it just another good i just have a list of good movies that i want to watch now yeah so uh she's like completely uninterested until she takes a look at that list and realizes that natsuno's name is on it at that moment shino Shinonome walks in, Ryoko Shinonome. Mm -hmm. He explains that she is another undercover investigator and she is mm -hmm. uh, Natsune or Yuki's superior. She was transferred to Sakura High School and that's their plan for Yuki. So at, at that point, if you've looked at the list of names, um, your only really option is to leave the room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought that like that was kind of weird like mm -hmm. i felt like there i felt like there was something i was supposed to do that i wasn't doing right i ran around the whole office i talked to to the siu guy like a dozen times and he's like oh you're you're rather abrasive and yeah. like okay i guess we're just leaving then <laughs> yeah and your your options come up it's not just like leave or stay it's like i've had enough of this or i yeah. still have questions yeah it's good so if you select i've had enough of this the chief is like we're not finished do you accept this assignment and she's like i don't give a shit <clears throat> and uh after she leaves the siu chief says don't worry she's gonna work with us it's her destiny after all yeah that's interesting mm -hmm. and then also this also might be me overreading things but shu said it was their destiny to meet like she said that they oh, were destined to meet yeah no I, I don't think you're reading too much into things so i think that's also something and doesn't you know, everybody's set on these paths to do whatever i mean correct me if i'm wrong we did just touch on this doesn't natsuno think that it's her quote-unquote destiny to be yeah. the chosen human to help bj yeah i don't know if she uses the phrase destiny but she does say like i'm the chosen human which you know is destiny adjacent at the very least interesting i don't know okay i'm not sure about that but i did just go back in my notes to search for destiny miwako when iori talks about running into a oh yeah calls it destiny she's like oh it's destiny you're destined to meet him Ooh, wow interesting mm hmm Interesting, Ooh, interesting that this keeps coming up huh this is also and i think we get more color on this later but this was really interesting to me um shinonome's involvement here given that 
you know, we saw her tell Juro like, oh, there's oh, there's some shit going on in your <laughs> memories or whatever. Um, yeah. I was like, was she fucking with him? Like, what's going on there? I think we get an answer uh, to that uh, later on. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we're uh, back in the quote unquote present. It's two weeks into uh, Yuki's time at Sakura High. She's in the new building hallway. She is uh, crouching outside of class. <laughs> Which I just love. This is how she crouches on the um, this character selection screen, too, when you select her. Yeah. Just incredible. Really, I really good. Love this woman. She says there's no sign of Natsuno. Megumi uh, <laughs> walks out of her classroom and uh, goes to stare at Juro in his classroom like a normal person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a normal thing. We'll talk more like about normal. that. Um, yeah. So Yuki asks her about Natsuno. Uh, Megumi says she's been out for three days now. The teacher said that she's sick. <laughs> While you have this conversation, Juro walks out of the classroom yeah. <laughs> and Megumi then looks back in, realizes he's gone, sighs and walks away. Yeah, um, really good. So uh, you'll see Yori run by and you can eavesdrop on a conversation she's having with Miwako. And they're talking about how there's no news of Natsuno. They hope she's OK. They've been stopping by her house, but they keep seeing weird guys in suits there. <laughs> So when Yuki asks about about Natsuno, um, they say, yeah, she hasn't she hasn't actually been at home. We went by yesterday. We went by yesterday, but her her mom just kept apologizing over the intercom. There were police there, but Yori speculates that maybe they're not really the police. Yeah. And then uh, Ryoko walks up and Yuki's like, uh, those guys that they thought were the police, are they? And she's like, yeah, they're they're SIU agents. Natsuno's not your concern. She's my assignment. So like just. Go back to doing what you're supposed to be doing <laughs> and sort of walks away. <laughs> yeah. And Yuki's like, no, 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 I'm not going to like. Yeah. My friend slash daughter is missing. So she insists on meeting with the chief and they meet um, on a pedestrian bridge. Uh, I, the, the the specific way she does it, she says, I'm going to do what I do best. And then the option calls up. It's like, call, <laughs> it's like, make a phone call. It's like, OK, I sure. Um, <laughs> I'm going to customer service this mm -hmm. fucking SIU head. I'd like to head. speak to the manager <laughs> right, exactly. of shady uh, quasi-governmental organizations. Yeah, yeah. So you meet with him on this pedestrian bridge um, on Gogio Street. Uh, and he's like, you are not supposed to contact me. What the yeah. fuck? She's like, I want to know what not what happened to Natsuno. Um, the school says she's sick. You seem to think she's run away. Which is it? He said, we we don't know. Um, we don't know where she is. We don't know if she's alive. We're investigating it, too. The evidence suggests that it's a kidnapping. Probably not by Shikishima because there's basically too much evidence that it, like yeah. if if they wanted to you know, leave no trace. They would have. So someone else is behind this. It's dangerous. Stay out of it. Ryoko's got it under control. Uh, stick to your assignment. Yeah. And that is the end of Yuki's prologue. Yeah. Yeah. Brings us to 14%, which I think goes to show the, the characters that show up later in the game have less flowchart arcs, uh, because I think Juro's is like 11% every time. I think... So yours is 12 percent every time i think it, it sort of depends so i know um i think like iori we've only done her prologue and she's at 14 percent. same for megami mm. same for a so okay, it, i think it's just you know some have like however many parts and some have like yeah. maybe one more yeah, yeah. but yeah so there we are yeah uh so 14 percent, and then we head into chapter one 
uh, or ending one, whatever. I call them rounds. <laughs> rounds. Yeah, yeah, round round is good. So this first round, <laughs> we start uh, on the rooftop of the school, 1985, uh, and Yuki is up there alone. And Hey C is added to your thought cloud because she's got an apple juice box. Mm-hmm. Uh, she takes a sip from the juice box and it's like, ah, oh, Natsuno and I used to love these. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. And then this this girl shows up named Erica Iba um, and just is like, I'm here to be your Watson, the Watson to your homes. Let's solve a mystery. Like, Ridiculous. OK, um, I have a theory that she is. Uh, just like another Shiba or something like yeah. she's there to just like keep tabs on Yuki. Um, yeah, it seems like it. Way. I don't know. It's um, very suspicious that she's just like, I want to help you. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. So, you know, you can think about a whole bunch of stuff here, Um. but you really, uh, Yuki just tells Erica that she doesn't think Natsuno is sick uh, or that she has run away. And Erica's like, are you mad at me? And she says, no, I've just been antsy without my cigarettes, which is like, yeah. okay, <laughs> I guess Yuki smokes. I don't yeah. know. Well, she's, <laughs> she's, she's a tough delinquent girl. Yeah, really good. Um, so really just this girl uh, loves mysteries and mm-hmm. wants to be a part of <laughs> she wants to investigate stuff. There's a handkerchief on the roof that you can see just like flowing tied to a fence. There is also a piece of trash that you can kick. Uh, and if you check it, it's a test that Shu Amaguchi got a 92 on. Uh, OK, yeah. <laughs> um, and then you go downstairs as soon as you come out <laughs> uh, down from the stairs in the hallway. There's some girls talking about like, I wonder whose handkerchief that is. Do you think they're signaling to their lover? It's really <laughs> sweet. Uh, it's very funny in context. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we see uh, Megami standing, looking into the classroom again. And at this point, we're just in full like investigator mode. Mm-hmm. Um I think also <laughs> at this point, Erica's like interviewing. Like uh, It's got a very it's got a nice ring to it. It's like, have you not heard words before? Like, why so is... annoying? <laughs> um, oh, I love her. So you, you ask about uh, Natsuno. Megumi says that basically she had been running to the track room at like every chance she got, mm-hmm. like every break before and after class um, at, at every time. Uh, and that she had always been writing in her notebook stuff that wasn't about class. Um, she'd been writing these, you know, notes to herself or whatever. And then uh, Yuki, you know, obviously recognizes Megumi from the SIU file <laughs> and then ends that thought with, she's pretty dull. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, geez. Um, then you can go talk to Iori about Natsuno as well, because Iori has been visiting the Minami household, I suppose. There's nothing new on that front. And then Yuki thinks about how Iori and Tomi are also in the SIU files. Great recall uh, from this girl. Mm -hmm. She's got a great memory because she remembers first and last name and what they look like. Way better than Um, I am at remembering names. For real. Um, and then, uh, Tomi's like, oh my gosh, are you a Sukebon girl? Um, which I did not look up. I meant to look it up. Um, um so it's actually, it, it's in the mystery files. Um, oh, I think, is it? I think under like Yuki's, uh, oh. uh, but I did also look it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically it's a term that originated in the seventies to describe a delinquent girl. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. It's just, it can be used to describe one or like a gang of them. Okay. Cause then, then, <laughs> then Tommy says something weirdly specific, which I mm-hmm. thought was like, 
a, a, a trademark of a Sukebon girl or something. Uh, she says she's probably got razors in her skirt right now, which is like a wild thing to assume about somebody. Yeah. But then Yuki's like, what? No, I definitely don't. It's <laughs> like, wait, do you? Um, <laughs> sure. Um, and this is where I took the note. Uh, Yuki's walk cycle is 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really good. Uh, and then you head to the athletics building and uh, Yuki talks to the captain. The captain says that uh, of the track team. Captain says that Natsu has been missing training sessions for a while. Uh, they think she's sick, but that she looked all right before. So they don't really know if she's sick or not. And then the manager, not the coach, the manager says that uh, she started skipping, skipping practices after the fire in the North building, mm-hmm. uh, which then shows up in your thought cloud. Uh, she says it could be related. It's like, oh, OK, uh, nobody knows what caused it. Um, when you ask Erica about it, you're like, do you know anything about this fire? She's like, no, I don't know anything. It's like, I don't know, she doesn't say it like that, but it is very suspicious. But she does kind of say it like that, though. Yeah, because it's, a it's bit, like, like, everything else she said is like, you know, paragraphs long. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's suspicious. It's suspicious. So then there's, uh, you can go talk to another track member who says that uh, Natsuno has been <laughs> messing around with this strange box in the locker room mm-hmm. or the, the change it, whatever it is. And says it's some kind of UFO looking thing, <laughs> which is a wild thing to say. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. She's got like a UFO in there or something. I don't know. Yeah, like what? <laughs> um, and so then uh, so you have to um, so, so you can go into the, the girls track and field room. But in order to go in, mm-hmm. you have to distract the track member who is just like standing outside staring mm-hmm. at the track room for some reason. Um <laughs> So you go and talk to Erica and she's like, yes, I will. Absolutely. I'm so excited to do this. <laughs> uh, and then goes up and asks about Natsuno. It's very funny because she's like, oh, could you tell me about Natsuno? And the girl's like, oh, you're looking for her, too. Yeah. She's like, oh, somebody else is looking for her. And then as you walk into the room, she's like, oh, so what do you want to know about Natsuno? And it's as you're walking in, the screen's fading black. And uh, Erica just goes, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least for me i don't know if that was just how i timed it or if that was like I, yeah i don't even think i got that far um oh, that's funny i just i was like i don't know how much time i have to go in here so <laughs> in as quickly as i could yeah so you head into the the track and field room which we have been in before uh head over to natsuno's locker and you find a notebook and we hear narrated by uh natsuno What follows is an investigative record of important moments in time and space. Uh, And then then there are three records that you can look through. Record one, she just talks about meeting BJ and she says, aliens really do exist. Record two. This is where she says it was her destiny. Oh, is it? Okay. Yes. There it is. Wild. A lot of destiny talk. A lot of destiny talk. Um, Yeah. So Yuki considers and is like. Was she abducted by aliens? Yeah, maybe she really was. Um, Record two, uh, she talks about uh, how the aliens have conquered time and space itself. And they're able to time travel at will using the shrine, uh, which you can consider is like uh, Yuki doesn't know where the shrine is Mm because she's not from the area. Uh, And then record three uh, is that BJ is looking for Sentinel number 17. Uh, And you can think about the Sentinel. Yugi speculates that maybe this is the weapon that Shigishima is developing that right, right, right. that SIU is interested in. Yeah. Uh, and then Erica shows up. She's just like standing there. He's like, oh, hi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then you can leave. Um, mm-hmm. So leave the track room, go back to the hallway, head back into the hallway. Tell me any or you're um, talking. Did she talk to the man in black outside the track room? No. 
<laughs> there was a man in black out there? Yeah. Um, and if you talk to him, you know, she's like, what the, what are you doing here? Um, and he says, we've gotten some new intel. Um, something about confidential information from Shikishima has been brought to the school. Um, and if you try and ask anything else, he's like, just get back to your assignment. Like, this doesn't concern you. Whoa. So, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then you head back to the hallway. Iori and Tomi are talking. Ogata walks up. Seems like he notices Iori and Tomi and then just like scoffs and walks away. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be he notices them or he notices Yuki or what, but something makes him decide to uh, turn back to where he came from. (laughs) Skulk in the other direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he slithers upstairs to the roof. (laughs) You can follow him to the roof and you're like, hey, what's up? And he's like, I just came up here to get my handkerchief. Uh, and then Yuki laughs, says, I thought it was for a girl. Ha ha ha. Uh, and then Ogata thinks that uh, you can ask about Natsuno. And Ogata thinks that the men in black have something to do with her disappearance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Yuki's like, I think you set the fire in the in the North building uh, with like a cigarette or whatever. And he's like, I don't even smoke. So egg <laughs> on your face. Um, and that's that's really it. He just says it started in the girl's bathroom. Mm-hmm. And that he wouldn't be in there, I guess. Yeah, he says something. He says, rumor has it, it wasn't even really a fire. Yeah, and at some point earlier, somebody said it was an explosion. It could have been an explosion as well. And mm-hmm. then the man, yeah, that's what it is. The, the manager says that it was an explosion. And the coach is like, oh, I thought it was arson. Yeah. Um, so nobody knows anything that happened here. But we do know now that it originated in the girl's bathroom. Right. So we head there. Uh, I just want to say, um, for me, because I hadn't gotten this scene that you got, when you played Natsuno's uh, uh, story. Yeah. Uh, he mentions that he saw Natsuno being chased by the men in black. Um, oh. And also heard rumors about a middle school kid looking for her. <laughs> and um, he says, something's going on, but it's complicated. I can't keep up. <laughs> you dumbass. Beautiful, Beautiful uh, himbo. Wasn't he the one that commented on her uniform looking like a middle school kid's? I don't think he said maybe I'm wrong or I just didn't write it down. I don't remember him saying middle school. I think he just said it was like the wrong uniform. Uh, I think. But it might it might be. I think he might have. I think you've seen this twice. Yeah, that's true. I did. Yeah, I did rewatch it. I I think I think he might have said that, which that's very funny. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. That's okay. That's cool. So I guess you're not going to get that ending then. Yeah, I don't think I am. Um, Because I tried to to play more Natsuno to see if (laughs) I got it. And it started differently. Immediately. So, yeah, I just immediately bailed. Yeah. So, yeah. Then you head to the girl's bathroom in the North building. It's gross in here. Yeah, it's been uh, wrecked. Yeah. But it's very clearly not a fire. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was like psyched to be looking around. It's like, oh, what if we get caught? Oh, my God. And then Yuki's <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> so there's like, you know, a busted toilet. There's no burn marks, but there are claw marks in the tiles uh, on a stall door. <laughs> on yeah. a stall door. Yeah. Yuki comments, this can't have just been the work of one person. And I, I, mm-hmm. did you talk to Erica in these intervening moments? Like when you every time you found a new clue? Yeah, it's very funny. I, I didn't even write funny. it down because I first, was like, you're not adding anything to this investigation, yeah, it's, Erica. <laughs> it's completely it means nothing. But when you talk to her, as soon as you first walk in, she's like, I think the the perpetrator is someone who hates girls bathrooms. And then when you look at the claw marks and the, the broken toilet, she's like, I think some I think it's a maintenance lady the size of a bear. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> I, it, interesting that you brought up that Erica is like maybe a handler, like mm. like 
Kutashiba is, it it makes me think like, are these her attempts to like draw Yuki down like the wrong path or something? But she's just like very bad at it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Or she's just a dumbass. That was know. partly what made me think is like those those like silly asides of like, you know, maybe it's this thing. Maybe we should go do yeah. this thing instead. Because like, like Shiba's always like, oh, maybe we should just go to the arcade or go to mm-hmm. what's his name and play video games, you know, whatever. Right. Um, like trying to divert them from their path. Yeah. Interesting. So then you find a very, oh God, what's the word? Um, distinct pair of glasses. Um, they are red rimmed glasses with, uh, you know, they're missing the top part of the, the rims. Well, we've only seen one person wear those. Uh, and I t- <laughs> messaged you about this, but there's something extremely like Dora the Explorer. You said mm-hmm. baby's first noir um, <laughs> ab- about this moment because she, Yuki's like, I've, I, I, whose glasses could these be? And, uh, Erica's like, <laughs> have you ever, <laughs> do you know who wears glasses like these? <laughs> like, it's like a very like, yeah, do you kid? It's so like the obvious. Game's like, 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 do you want a chance to figure it out before we tell <laughs> Shout you? Shout it out the screen. Yeah. It's yeah. like, what are you doing? Uh, they're Tommy's glasses, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and then, so you go and, and to, uh, confront Tommy about this, uh, back in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Yes. This was another one of those moments where it's like, why is this? like this um because you have to like walk up and down the hallway like two full times looking for tomi before she just shows up um or i just didn't walk far enough the first time yeah i think she was just further down because like i walked down i got to the classroom and it was like oh she's not in here and then i felt like i kept walking to the right and i just didn't see her so i walked all the way back to the left and he's like, ah, I don't know where she is. And then walked all the way back to the right. And there she just was. So I guess maybe I just didn't walk far yeah. enough the first time. I Now that I think of it, I might have like, it's like they're not standing where they were previously. So right. I might have gone looking to see if like she was in the classrooms. Yeah. Like if I could open those doors. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe I did do a loop. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, there she is. There she is. <laughs> and they're just hanging out. Um, go. Miwako's there. Sweet, sweet Miwako. So then Yuki starts throwing accusations about like, hey, <laughs> you were in the girl's bathroom. Here are your glasses. Mm-hmm. And she's always <laughs> like, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm wearing my glasses. Yeah. So those can't be mine. <laughs> um, this is a weird moment because mm-hmm. um, after you accuse her and Tommy's like, I don't know anything about this. She was like, she goes like, I didn't like set a toilet on fire or whatever. Um, at which point Yuki is like, fire okay so like she still thinks that this is a fire which seems to suggest like yuki realizes okay maybe it wasn't her Mm -hmm. um but then something else really interesting (laughs) which is that miwa fucking sells her out (laughs) (laughs) she's like oh i saw her yeah yep um and she says natsuno is there too so we get a flashback that is called sawatari's statement so it's Miwa's memory. She was in the North building heading for the art room when she, she saw Nachan running by in a hurry. And then after Nachan leaves, uh, Tomi walks by. Her leg is covered with bandages. And Miwa's like, how did you hurt yourself? You know, what happened? And Tomi, quote unquote, ignores her. Um, <laughs> poor Miwa's like, Tommy wouldn't do, you know, yeah. she's like, I can't Did believe Tommy would ignore me. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So back in the present, Tommy's like, what are you talking about? I've never even seen that building. And Iori walks up and finds out what's going on. And she's like, Miwa, like you came and met us. 
me and Tomi, and I was with Tomi that entire time. And uh, Miyoko's, oh yeah, she's like, oh yeah, that's right. Like I did meet up with you. And you know what? Now that I think about it, I saw another girl in the building that day. She was covered in dust and coming from the direction of the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she so also there, comments that that Tomi had her bag with her, which you know, just another little thing. Oh know. yeah. So yeah, the suggestion seems to be there are two Tomis. And Miwako is not the brightest bulb in the box. No, <laughs> the 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 speed at which Yuki jumps to there must be two Tomies is like <laughs> wild because she's like, no, you were here. And then and then we were out front, not like, oh, they must be coordinating a lie. Right. It's right. like, oh, there must be two of them. <laughs> Clearly, that's the that's Obviously. the logical answer. Yeah. Wild. So, I mean, that's gotta be ryoko right like i <laughs> i think so yeah yeah um or at least we're being led to believe that it's ryoko mm-hmm. but we'll see uh and then it fades to black and we get a little narration from uh uh yuki like halfway through whatever sentence she says there there there, there must be two tomies and then it fades to black and says and what in the hell happened in the girl's bathroom <laughs> and that's the end of the scene and it's yeah. so it's so good like i love that we have like fully leaned into the noir aspect Mm -hmm. of yuki's like this part of yuki's story yeah Um, the music is very uh very noir it's really really good yeah so that's uh that's the end of uh one of the rounds that we did from yuki Mm -hmm. the other round uh begins the same way all the way up until the track and field room where you can depending on the order so every time you look at a record that thing becomes available to consider in your thought cloud but then once you read another record from from Natsuno's uh notebook once you read another record it will switch out the one that you can consider so if you consider the second record which talks about the aliens conquering time and space itself at the shrine the shrine becomes available to consider but also it becomes available as a conversation option Mm -hmm. um so when erica comes in and if you have the shrine in your thought cloud you can then be like hey do you know where the shrine is can you take me there and she's like yeah sure so then you're, you're on your way to the shrine uh but first you get to the front gate because that's how you leave buildings <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh ryoko shinonome is there and uh yuki comments uh about like how she's been hiding something for Ryoko and Ryoko doesn't remember. But oh, I mean, mm. we did these in a different order. And um, is that not what she says for you? Not at first. So Yuki mentions, oh, I heard Nachan was being chased by, you know, mm. men in suits. What is that about? And Ryoko's like, we didn't kidnap her. If we had, there would be no need for this investigation. So basically just confirming that Ogata's theory that she was kidnapped by those guys in suits is not mm. correct. For me, that little bit was just like, like, Natsuno's still missing. Do you know what happened? She's like, it's none of your business. Like, uh, fuck off. Um, and okay. so you, then if you go to walk away, she's like, wait, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> and then they they talk a bit about I don't remember how that conversation starts, but Ryoko says, you said you hid something for me. OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, that yeah. Was, I, I thought I missed something, but that's just how the conversation starts. Yeah. Right. OK, it mm-hmm. was just weird. So this is clearly a conversation that they've had. They had had screen. before. Yeah. Which is another another weird choice for this game um, to just like like leave little bits out like that. But I don't know. So, yeah, Yuki's like, yeah, you, you told me to hide something is like a box. Like, don't you remember what it is? Um, she's like, no, I forget. And then she 
like grabs her head and says like Mr. Ida uh and go walks away. Quick aside. Mm-hmm. But reminder really we have heard yes Katsuit Morimura refer to Amiguchi as Ida-kun. Yeah. It's very confusing. <laughs> mhm. Anyway. <laughs> so uh point that out. Yeah. Uh so the this conversation about the the thing that Yuki is hiding happened at the old school building. So then you can consider the old school building. Erica shows up. is like, you ready to go? And I said, no, I'm thinking about the old school. building. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we head back in a, in a uh, recollection to the old school building. Uh, Yuki's just like walking around. It's like, oh man, I heard this is going to be demolished soon. And then sees uh, Ryoko down the pathway, I guess. And she's, she says she's got BJ there mm-hmm. um, and says, my ID is now registered. Um, but she says it in this like kind of like weirdly robotic way, mm-hmm. um, like she's like hypnotized or something. It's it's very interesting. Um, but as she then tells BJ that like she's disabled uh, his AI function or is disabling his AI function, uh, BJ's like, she didn't know me. Don't do this. And like starts to say a sentence that gets cut off. He says, you must return immediately. And that's where he gets cut off. And he just becomes this like box. And then she he goes says, box mode. He goes box mode and uh, Ryoka says, look for information uh, on me and Mr. Ida. Uh, and then BJ begins projecting, uh, uh, b- makes a projection. It's not mm-hmm. like he's like projecting feelings. Um, <laughs> I, that's stupid. Um, oh, man. OK, so th- this is maybe one of the wildest things we've seen yet. Yeah, this is yeah. like, oh, my God, I can't remember his. I can't remember its name from Mass Effect. The one that just gives you the big lore dump about oh, the uh, um Vigil. Vigil. Yeah. This is like vigil levels of like, here's moment. exposition. Yeah. <laughs> um, on a projector. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we get this whole big recording from 2188 Ryoko saying, Mr. Ida, he was using me from the very start. I was such a fool. We are all that remains and still we deceive each other. All that remains of human. Of human, yeah. Uh, And we still deceive each other. So filled with hate. I've had enough. I'm basically just going to go through this whole thing. Just read it. Humanity has always been fated for ruin. Project Ark was a mistake. Uh, And she goes on to say, I can't stop it, but I can derail it. (laughs) It says, I have linked in parts of the terraforming. Yeah, I have linked into parts of the terraforming project. The heavy machinery will then purge humans from all sectors okay uh if everything goes according to plan the final phase will be reset and all will fall into a never-ending loop and then i i was i was <laughs> too too mouth agape uh to to fully take note on the rest of it but uh she says uh the world will finally be free of humanity uh the human race has reached its end we have no need for a future yeah she says what remains will be a peaceful world there we go that was the bit I missed. Jesus Christ. <laughs> mm. There's a lot in there. Yeah. There's a lot. You ever in there. you ever have a breakup so bad that you decide to destroy <laughs> humanity? <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> Kim and I talked to us a little bit off the podcast about mm. this. And if that if if the reason that <laughs> uh, Ryoko uh, decided to doom humanity is because she had a bad breakup, I'm going to be so fucking pissed. Listen, listen, I was going to say we've all had a relationship with an Ida. Maybe not. But (laughs) if you have, listen, I commiserate. I, Mm -hmm. too, would love to destroy humanity sometimes. Um, But 
this stinks. <laughs> it stinks. <laughs> if this yeah. is, if, if, if this if, is um, the actual thing that happened that catalyzed the entire game is yeah. that hell hath no fury like a woman scorned shit. Yeah, right yeah i i'm 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 holding out hope that there is a better explanation and you know or or mm-hmm. whatever their relationship was somehow justifies that this being like the big inciting incident it but can't nothing no <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't I know don't, i don't think that uh that there it's very hard for me to imagine that uh you know he was using me is a good enough reason to destroy all of humanity yeah. well if it's um, not if it's if it's not just a breakup if it's like a he you know manipulated me into doing xyz terrible thing or something i think that is a better justification in my mind but you seem unconvinced <laughs> I just yeah because I just don't uh, it's just this just annoys me sure yeah you know that, that's yeah. fair yeah yeah uh so anyway that's that <laughs> and then um 1985 Ryoko is obviously like <laughs> devastated at that yeah it's like that couldn't have been me I destroyed the world Mr. Ida would never deceive me that isn't my future and then Yuki is at this point is over there trying to be like, hey, what's up? You can't you good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ryoko is like completely ignoring her. Yeah. Worth noting that Mr. Ida is who Yuki calls four eyes, the like chief of the SIU. Right. Which just makes that even more confusing. Yeah. That Morimura called Shu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because this guy doesn't look like Shu. Not at all. If anything, he looks like Goto. That is exactly what I thought as well. Which I just... I just don't yeah, know. I thought he was supposed to be like adult Goto. Right. Which is wild because Goto looks like an adult already. Mm-hmm. It's hard to believe that he's just another high schooler like <laughs> just like us. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, then she says, if that's the future we're heading for, what good are these? And she's talking about the pills mm-hmm. and she throws the pills in the ground. And Yuki just goes shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then picks up the pills, brings, gives them back. And Ryoko's like, why are you helping me? And Yuki's like, well, you you know, you're my higher up or whatever. And, I, you know, I should look out for you, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, oh, by the way, what's that thing? Is it some kind of fancy projector talking about? Yeah. BJ? <laughs> um, and then uh, Ryoko grabs her head and says, get that thing out of here. Don't tell Mr. Ida. Ida. Don't tell anyone. Uh, and then we fade to the nurse's office uh, mm-hmm. with Ryoko in bed. Classic Ryoko. Mm-hmm. And she uh, Yuki checks on Ryoko and she wakes up. And it's just like, you know, holding her head or whatever. And Yuki gives her the pills and <laughs> immediately Ryoko pops some. He's like, what? Yuki's like, what are those pills? Morimura gave you some when I mm-hmm. brought you in here. And then Ryoko's like, why? Why did you have my medicine? Uh, and they talk about how the pills are the only thing that keep her thinking straight, quote unquote. Um, mm-hmm. And if, while she's while they're having that conversation, Ryoko uh, eats two more handfuls of the pills. She's popping these things like like orange Tic Tacs. Yeah. She is just going to town. Yeah. And fucking right before uh, and then Morimura comes in. But right before mm-hmm. Morimura comes in, uh, Yuki just goes, I don't know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is a good <laughs> Yeah, Morimura comes in and it's like, oh, how you doing? Do you want some pills? And yeah, he's like, um, she's like, no, I'm going to go. Some Bye. Medicine would make you feel better. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You uh, and, then, and then they leave. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. the end of that section. That brings us to 42 percent completion or whatever, whatever we said mm-hmm. earlier for Yuki. Uh, Wild stuff. 
fucking women wild. be crazy right <laughs> oh my god bitches be crazy <laughs> you gotta be careful out here um you know because these women if 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 you uh do anything they could just destroy the world <laughs> that's that's true I'm just, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> say, that was like the most non-committal, like, Ugh. burn on this game that, we, that we've had yet. Um, I'm just tired, man. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's good, though, because we're done talking about the chapters. Good. I, it's, ah. Yeah, this is good shit. I mean, setting, setting aside my feelings about that, like, particular thing a lot of interesting stuff happening a lot of stuff in there uh as i told aj before we started recording this um maybe bolsters some of my theory and uh blows some of it to smithereens so um (laughs) yeah it'll be fun to go back and see how wrong that was yeah Yeah. do we want to spend any time right now talking uh kind of like theory theory crafting i guess it's not really theory crafting because it's stuff that we do know now yeah um yeah in, in, at, 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 on some level yeah um, should i just s- reveal what my theory was because i no. don't i don't think that, okay uh, what you don't i mean i don't think it's right <laughs> well yeah but you wrote a whole I mean, there envelope. Are the parts of it oh it was two pages um, yeah it's, it's two whole pages so full fill the envelope small i mean small pages um well, whatever from a little notebook okay <laughs> look if you want if you want to if you want to drop it i'm not going to stop you but i i, uh, think I won't be- drop everything but i okay. i will say i mean i think well let me start here the 2188 2187 scenes that we see some of them are among the very first in the entire chronology of the game mm-hmm. and so we are both now fairly well convinced i think that what we are seeing in um you know, the events of 1945 and 1985, et cetera, are um, some kind of simulation mm-hmm. and that the actual events of the game are happening in, you know, 2185 and, and beyond mm-hmm. or 2188, excuse me. And it seems like the quote unquote sectors that keep being discussed are not sectors of physical space, but sectors of time. Right. It's just so interesting. I, I agree. I, it's not they're not physical spaces, but like, I mean, they are they are and they are. <laughs> yeah, they are and they aren't because because yeah. Yuki's like, oh, I'll be at sector three in a couple of hours. And it's like, oh, Natsuna just arrived at sector four five hours ago, you know. So mm-hmm. like maybe they are it's a, it's a matrix situation, but you have to like plug in at a certain spot. Yeah. In order like to access are, a certain sector, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I just and know. and I mean, the fact that. Uh, you know, there are discussions of like terraforming and, you know, part of what they're doing right. is is building things or, uh, you know, like. Uh, it's very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, maybe I should have taken physics to prepare me for this. Um, Metaphysics. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like time and space. Um, yeah. Yeah. Confusion. Yeah. And the fact that. um Ryoko using like saying the heavy machinery is what will be what will purge the mm-hmm. humans from all the sectors makes mm-hmm. it again feel like a physical space. Right. I'm just so confused about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I do think there is evidence of it being sort of a simulation or at least right. maybe I guess it's 
parts of what we see are a simulation. I'm thinking about um, that part of destruction where um, I think it was Tomi and Ogata are talking about um, how they like, you know, they found like a kaiju or something. And then um, in the subsequent battle, after one of the Daimos is destroyed, Ogata says, where did the wreckage go? Yeah. Just like disappeared. Yeah. That sure sounds like a simulation. The the whole <laughs> destruction phase looks like a simulation. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's. Yeah. It's, it's it certainly is. a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. And and when we meet Miura for the first time, he talks about like wanting to grow up in the 40s and he talks to Tamau mm-hmm. about like, oh, we can rebuild the Karabe house for you. You know, like just right. like how it was in the 40s that your grandfather was telling you about. Like we can, you know. Wow. Yeah. They must be really cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it's just. Yeah. And I think also something that we had talked about was um, this was part of my theory is that sort of the way that like there's a lot of talk about dreams in this right. game. And, you know, one of the theories of like what are dreams is that it's just you know, your neurons are firing at night and the images that you see in dreams are like your brain's way of making sense of of that right and so they're part of what i kind of theorized is that the the reason why this is so referential and why you know some things are based on memories or you know on people that people seem to have known or whatever is because it's literally these characters are in a matrix situation and they their neurons are firing and they are you know populating this simulated space with just the things that they know, the media that they recall, Mm -hmm. um, whether that's true. I don't, I'm, I'm no longer as sure Yeah, because it seems like so much of this is constructed, but yeah, I deliberately constructed. I mean, so I don't know. Yeah. That's pretty much the the thesis statement. I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how you could know, you know, <laughs> um, I mean, it's obviously purposely up to us because that's like how you tell an interesting story mm-hmm. is, you know, withhold some information. But yeah, um, it's working. It's, it is working. <laughs> I am interested is the thing. So. So, yeah. Yeah. The one thing I do know is that bitches be crazy. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, OK, um, I don't I don't really have much else to say. Like, I, I, no. I, I fully agree um there's definitely some sort of weird matrix thing going on i think that mm-hmm. this the 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 your point about referential media is like a hundred percent spot on it's just them trying to make sense of the things in the only way they know how uh oh and one th- one thing i do want to say i guess just because i want it to be a called shot just in case it's true mm. is the interface that we that we interact with as gamers um is the interface that like that is what the actual people in the game are seeing. They are like seeing the thought clouds in that way. And they are like making the choices like that. Um, I don't really think that affects anything, but I do just mm. want that. Like in case that's ever revealed of like, look, this is what we're you're actually looking through. It's like a first person view of the things we're seeing. You know, I don't know. I just want that to be on record. Do you think that they are seeing themselves in the third person kind of do you, like, yes. do you think that they're like an out of body? Okay. Right. I think it's like an out of body. They are controlling their, like an avatar of themselves. Interesting. In, okay. In whatever these spaces are. Um, yeah. Yeah. Really quick. I just wanted to touch on the mystery file for Chihiro. 
uh, which I unlocked. Oh, okay. Uh, it is a picture of the little girl that <laughs> Miura sees in the park. So confirmed that's Chihiro. Okay. Is Katara Miura's little sister loves Miura and calls him big brother. She's under Tamal Karabe's care in 1945. That's all it says. Um, but the picture is a hundred percent. The little girl that was with that little girl. Uh, okay. Goto. Interesting. I, there was, I put something in my notes about something. And now that I, I don't understand why I thought it was interesting. Cause I thought it was something we had already discussed. Yeah. But I guess I'll just bring it up just in case. Mm-hmm. So there's been uh, there's like info that's been added to the the entry for the gas explosion, which is at the dock in 1945. Sukasa Okino added a feature to Sentinel number 19 that copies over the Sentinel force activation code to whoever comes in contact with Keitaro Miura. This is the reason Karabe ended up summoning the Sentinel. Oh, which I think we had discussed. But it, I guess this is just sort of confirming that, yeah. like, OK, Miura has the. I don't know, virus of yeah. <laughs> sentinel activation. Yeah, the the nanomachine malware or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a theory that the, the, the pills are just nanomachines. Oh, interesting. but I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it's just a series of words that I put together in my head and I said, yeah, that sounds like a thing that could be real, but could you know. be. Um, I mean, they're clearly the, the long and short of it is that they're being used to manipulate memories. And, right. Right. Um, you know, like uh, what's her name? Ryoko says, oh, I have to take these to be able to think straight. Right. It's so she can forget whatever the truth is, yeah. um, which is clearly like anytime she is confronted with it, it is like extremely distressing for her. Right. And then I also unlocked the Karabe residence layout. Mm-hmm. It's just blueprints for the house. It's nothing super interesting. It says Jero uses the back room on the second floor. Megumi uses the middle room on the east side of the first floor. Keitara Miura uses the guest room closet (laughs) to the entrance area of the first floor. Um, Sure. And then the second part of it is uh, the layout was created by Miura in 2188 based off of the things that Tamao Karabe heard from her grandfather as well as the old films that remained. Uh, So nothing really super interesting there. But did you get new mystery points to unlock this stuff uh maybe not new maybe i just maybe they're unspent from before okay um but i had three i think um i I didn't get any yeah yeah maybe maybe it's just from i just had them left over i used them one for uh yuki's dad heita takamiya um just Mm. currently serving a sentence for assault and an attempted murder uh that that's it um chihiro and the karabe layouts those that's so we're all up to date on my uh my unlocked ones Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Rankings? <laughs> Rankings! Bear, 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 bear. We're 20% through the game. or 20% through Remembrance. Yeah, we're going to try and pick up the pace. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. We've, we've <laughs> talked. taking so long. We've talked off pot. Um, and obviously, I think we talk for maybe double the amount of time it takes us to actually play these sections. Maybe <laughs> even more than that. <laughs> um. So we were thinking maybe of like setting a percentage just I guess this is just like a behind the scenes thing, I guess. Yeah. But just like setting a percentage for ourselves to get to in remembrance and then just kind of playing, you know, we will still have we will still be playing the same stuff, but we're just kind of like going to go along until the remembrance percentage is a certain number, not a person's story, Um, which will change the way that we're talking about these, I think, where we will be a little less detailed, maybe. Uh, which I think is okay because I think it's good for us to not catch every single thing. 
um, because I think that's like truer to the actual gaming mm-hmm. experience, you know, but yeah, I feel like we're doing a good, a better job of it now. Like the, I, I feel like we moved through it a steady click today. And uh, yeah, I think I part of it is like, we are now understanding what is significant and what is not, right. um, a little bit better. So I think that helps. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, so, so rankings, uh, I'm mine are still the same. I, I think I, we, we learned more about Ryoko uh, and it, I think it's super interesting. Um, but I don't think it's anything enough to bump her up in my rankings. Um, and the same with Mira with, with that, that one ending, um, or that one round, I guess. Uh, so every, everybody stays the same for me. Do you have changes? I do have changes. Yeah. Um, I both, same trajectory both megumi and um ryoko i had at a they have now both been uh demoted to c um megumi because um the stalker vibes are not it as i said on my notes gj brought up in the discord sort of an interesting take on on how you know our discussion of um juro and megumi um and what they pointed out is like megumi is fully violating Juro's boundaries Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. notwithstanding that she may have had a like intimate relationship with him in the past that is no longer the case um with Juro Karabe as opposed to Juro Izumi exactly um and so that is is coloring um you know his reactions to her um and I think that's a really valid thing to point out I think also what what GJ pointed out is um you know there is a perspective that the things that he thinks about how he might might not be able to control his urges are his way of expressing that discomfort with his boundaries being violated. Mm -hmm. Um, and in a, you know, sort of the sort of like toxic masculinity world in which we live, you know, the conception that, uh, well, no man would turn down advances from any woman, you know, it it, like that can be used um, as a way to minimize violence done against men. Yeah. And so I, I think that that is a really valid thing to have pointed out Mm. um, and uh, is really, I, I'm interested to see where Megumi's story takes us in terms of that. But I think it is very salient to point out that like, her behavior is <laughs> like a, as nurturing and well-intentioned as it may be is violating the boundaries of, of another person. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I have dropped her also. <laughs> um, I have dropped Ryoko because I don't think it's cool to destroy the entire human race because um, mm. one fuck boy was shitty to you. Yeah, that is, that is factual. as bad as that is. That is true. That's another one where I'm like, okay, I'm interested to see. I think it's possible that there is more than just that motivating yeah. the decisions that she has made. Yeah. But it's it's not cool. It's not cool for sure. It's not cool. Um, yeah. I think I'm gonna I'm I'm leave yeah. If I would move anybody, I think it would be Ryoko for that reason, but I'm gonna leave her to be because I'm remaining hopeful <laughs> that the reasoning mm-hmm. is a bit better than just a boy broke my heart. You know, because there's other stuff going on we don't know about. So there could, there's probably other stuff going on with with whatever their relationship was, you know. So, yeah, yeah. No, it sounds like it was pretty fucking bad. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to minimize that. Yeah. Um. But, you know, that's uh, that's when you maybe book an appointment with a therapist or they call a friend. <laughs> right. On the con- are there no are there no therapists on the satellite here and on the on the maybe satellite? Maybe not. Con- I don't know. <laughs> 
there's ethicists. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> I feel like right. they probably would have told you that it's not ethical to <laughs> destroy humanity. Um, Maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, updated rankings. Yep. For today. Uh, and that'll be that'll be it. We haven't discussed what we'll be talking about next Tuesday. No, we have not. Um, I I want to throw out one of the things I think maybe would make sense to do next. Uh, the Matrix. Yeah, I was on our list. It's on the list. It's for sure on the list. And we've definitely gotten multiple indications that there is some sort of Matrix esque situation going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be down for that. I'm trying. I was trying to think of something that's like a bit more like. Yuki based. Right. And there's not really anything like the only thing I can think of, like neo noir terms is like Mm -hmm. Blade Runner. But there's not Blade Runner stuff happening yet, at least. Yeah. Rogue AI and stuff, which I mean, kind of also maybe. But like, I think we've had more indications of like a Matrix situation and less of a a Blade Runner thing. So, yeah, we'll do that. See the original Matrix. Okay. cool. So look forward to that. Uh, And if you've missed any of our previous analysis episodes, they'll just be right up the feed. Yeah. Earlier this week, we did E.T. Week before, we did Godzilla. Week before that, uh, we did War of the Worlds. So uh, stay tuned for The Matrix. Yeah. And in terms of this episode, thank you so much for listening, as always. Uh, If you have a friend or an enemy that you think would really enjoy the show (laughs) because they're playing the game at the same time or they're not playing the game at the same time, which is why you want your enemy to listen and be like, oh, you would love this. And then they'll be really confused about it. I think this would be a Mm -hmm. great, um, a great way to get payback. Oh, yeah. You could uh, you could be like, oh, who? what have you played? Oh, you've played this. Why don't you go listen to this episode? It won't spoil anything. And then maybe (laughs) we spoil something for them. And that could be a fun, a fun little um, way to get your revenge. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's that's great. Use this as your revenge uh, engine. Uh, that's what revenge. that's why we podcast that is why we podcast that's our that's our guiding <laughs> principle for all podcasts actually. um if you like the show you can follow us on twitter uh at async pod you can follow me on twitter at aj Falleri. you can follow me at okimis uh thank you so much to scout wilkinson for making our amazing cover art thank you to amaranthin for making our wonderful uh theme song uh links to both of their pages are in the show notes uh scout opens up commissions every so often uh but they are limited slots so um make sure you're checking up on that if you want to commission scout to make you some art uh and just buy jake's music Bandcamp friday happens every couple of months uh hop on Bandcamp, buy jake's music he'll get it's a hundred percent right you get a hundred percent of that money uh, i have no idea yeah that's 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 <laughs> Bandcamp either takes less of a cut on Bandcamp friday or takes no cut on Bandcamp friday i don't know it's a great way to uh pay artists for the things they make though so yeah keep an eye for those um links to their stuff will be in the show notes and before we leave today kim what are our final words listen aj something's going on but it's complicated <laughs> i can't keep up <laughs> yes it was i was really i was hoping it was that or uh something's going on what's happening in the girl's bathroom <laughs> 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 we'll see you next week everybody thank you so much bye Worst garbage, the online.